Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for the spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious, the pursuers of their passion. This episode is hosted by Melanie Dawn, and I'm sitting down with Paige Calloway, who is, uh, I would like to call you a serial entrepreneur. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But I think I'll let you just tell me a bit about who you are. So who is Paige Calloway? Um, Well, I grew up in Millerville, Alberta. And over the course of my life, I did have a lot of businesses as a kid growing up, paying rodeo entry fees. And um, when I was done high school, I went to school down in Texas. I have a communications degree. I came home and I was working for a company up here. Actually, I was working in the oil and gas industry. And um, I didn't think I made a good employee because I had ideas of what would make more efficient, be more efficient in business and this and that. And long story short, I decided I needed to work for myself and... So I went back to school in the fashion industry and went to a couturier school, which is kind of like tailoring, but it's more anal, essentially. (laughs) It's just so much more intense. And so I started, I did a year of couturier school in Calgary, and um, then I started Pursue Victory, which was my first brand, and that business is six years old now. And then about four years ago or three years ago, I started the kind of a sister brand to it called Page 1912. So over the course of the six years, um, I manufacture tailored fit button-down shirts, and now we're expanding into outerwear, menswear, kidswear, more loungewear, and um, we manufacture everything. Loungewear. <laughs> that speaks to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, and when I'm not working for the business with the business, I, um, I still ride. I rope and run barrels and have young horses I ride and, yeah, awesome. travel lots. Where did the name Pursue Victory come from? I love it. And I also, like, I love your, your page brand as well. But Pursue Victory just, I don't know, it sounds powerful. Yeah. So when I went to Couturier School, the first semester, we take 70 measurements of a person. So we all practiced on each other. And based on my 70 measurements, I made myself a blouse, a day dress, a pair of shorts, and I think a tank top. Maybe there was a fifth one in there. Anyways, when I had clothes that were made to fit me, my confidence changed. Like Mm. I I just felt so much better. And then I had a friend approach me because I'd grown up rodeoing saying like, now that you know how to make shirts, why don't you make me shirts? Uh, I want something longer in the sleeves and longer in the bodice and better fitted. And I thought, you know, if I feel this shift of confidence putting on something that fits me, how much could that change everybody's morning if they felt that much better when they got dressed in the morning? And whether you're going into a boardroom or you're a mom or you're competing in an arena or whatever your day has, like what if you had that confidence when you were pursuing your victory? So that's how the whole name came together. And then on the cuff of the shirts, they say pursue victory. So as you're... It's like a tattoo. Yeah, when you're going into the arena or when you're working and you look down at your shirt, it reminds you, you know, that to pursue your victory. Is that... So originally when you first came up with the idea, was it targeted mostly towards barrel racers? Because I do always see their shirts flapping out when they're getting And I, like, having grown up rodeo, and then I'm a little bustier, it was like they didn't fit in the chest or else then they were too big in the bodice. Mm -hmm. And I remember trying on shirts and seeing if I could swing a rope in this one or if it would come untucked. And then it was like, well, I'll just get the next size up so that, you know, I can swing a rope or it doesn't pop open. And so I grew up kind of struggling with how a shirt should fit. And my focus client base out the gate was, I'm like, Everybody who rodeos, everybody who rides a horse, like women need these blouses in the Western equine industry. Mm. So that was my focus. 
Um, the blouses, like page nineteen twelve, has gotten a little bit more fashion aspect, but the Pursuit Victory blouses are very classic, classy, sleek, mm. per, like nice fit. Um, that they suit very well in an office space as well. I have a lot of clients who are barrel racers that now buy them for working downtown because they're just such a classy shirt. And that's, so the ones that work, take them into downtown, is that your page brand or the Pursuit Victory? Um, well, I guess both brands go downtown. Uh, Pursuit Victory is like, there's no pockets. It's just darted in a tailored fit, solid colored blouse. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had had Pursuit Victory going for a couple of years and, and kind of my my criteria with that is a nice fabric, uh, just a classic look. And so there's not a lot of like uh, design exploration or like creativity. It's like, oh, which shade of blue are we gonna do? You know. So that's why I thought I would take the Pursue Victory blouse, the same fit, same yeah, same fit, same tailor fit, and then make page nineteen twelve line, which added different ruffles and frills and neckties mm. and added a bit of a, a fashionable side to the to the functional fitting blouse i love that because i look at all your posts on instagram and i'm like do you like you're just wearing regular clothes but you look so much cooler than anything <laughs> else because it's the ruffles and, and i don't know you have a bow tie thing going on too i always <laughs> see you with bows on um what made you go from pursue victory to make a whole other brand was it that you wanted it to be more fashion conscious instead of functional or I wanted it to have that fashion aspect because rate um about three or four years ago the western fashion industry really blew up like rodeo fashion rodeo wives what people wear to the rodeo right I do see that they're like the most fashionable people out there it's a huge huge industry and so and I love to design. I love to dress up. And I mm. thought, what, like, I can do so much with this collared shirt, but I didn't want to lose the, like, very performance, sleek, classic, business lady look of the Pursue Victory shirt. And also everything Pursue Victory stood for as a brand. Like, you're out there, no matter what your victory is, if you want to go to the NFR or if your victory is getting your kids down for their nap <laughs> at 2 o'clock, like... Pursue your victory and have that confidence to step into that. Mm. I didn't want to lose all that. And um, I guess also throughout throughout that time, I had continued to study <coughs> couturier and fashion. And, and I love the Western industry and the history of the West. And so um, like old-timey cowgirls and their shirts and blouses mm-hmm. and their hats always... Like I collect photos of them. I have since I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like... I need to do blouses like this. And so that's kind of what page 1912 started is um, I, when I was a kid in 4-H, I did a speech on the first Calgary Stampede. And then I do a speech on like John Ware. And I was like everything, Alberta history. I just loved it. And so when I started studying Couturier, I ended up in London visiting my friend Brittany. And I went to a fashion museum and they're like, well, tomorrow we're, we're looking at uh, the couture lot collection we have exclusive and you have to wear white gloves and pay your $10. And I'm like, I'll come back for this. And we got to look at like, uh, one of Halle Berry's gowns she wore on the runway, uh, garments that Coco Chanel had sewn. And I just like, it was such a moving experience for me mm-hmm. that the more I researched it, it was like in 1912 was the very first Calgary stampede. And I, I also was a trick writer for about a decade 
And I love that aspect of the Wild West. So I always wished I lived around for 1912 for the first Calgary Stampede. And when I found out that Coco Chanel opened her first shop in 1912, I was like, this is the ultimate, the best year ever. Like 1912 really? has to be it. So that's kind of where page 1912 came from. That's it's like awesome. the Wild West meets high fashion. And if I did live in 1912, this is what would be in my trunk going from rail on the rail to the different rodeos and maybe overseas. So that's kind of where ni- page 1912 came in. And um, I just felt the brands have such different vibes. It's important to keep them separate mm-hmm. while both of them... Um, Often when I launch a line, there'll be Pursue Victory and Page 1912 items together. Um, there's a lot of crossover, mm-hmm. but they they really stand for very different aspects and very, very different fields. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know you were a trick rider. So you <laughs> yes. have always been kind of like a wild woman, hey? Yeah. And uh, well, how is that? So I'm a woman in business as well, but I don't... Uh, I don't have to deal with a lot of outside influence like you do. How does that show up? Do you ever feel discriminated against for being a woman? Or do you feel like it's uh, actually like an add-on that you're a woman? Do you you notice it come up in your business at all? Um, Yeah, for sure it does. Um, I would say over 50% of the time it's a benefit. Like it's Mm. people are very impressed, excited, Um, The Western industry is very, I would say for the most part, open arms and excited about a woman-run business. And and a lot of the Western industry, too, is, like, very, really excited if you're going to go blaze your own trail. Like, you're going to try this. We're going to get behind you. Um, I do... I have experience in multiple times uh, being discriminated at in the manufacturing side of it because... That's a whole different world. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the Western industry. I worked in oil and gas. And there, those are oil and gas in Calgary is very comparable to day-to-day life in the Western industry. Like it's, you know, shake somebody's hand, have a beer with a client, like very even playing field. And that's what I expected uh-huh. I going into manufacturing. And I was very lucky. When I first started manufacturing in Calgary, the lady who helped me, um, her name's Dorothy and she's since passed. She did, uh, she helped Lululemon get started. She did a lot of triple flip and she did all of sun ice, like back in the eighties. Like she, she oh, was just the pocket wonderful. front, <laughs> yeah. winter jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Pull over. Yeah. 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 She was wonderful. And I, because I went to Couturier school, I come in with all my, I, so I can draft my own patterns, but I only know how on paper, which is like an archaic thing these days like using a typewriter because everything's on a CAD system so I bring in like all my size grading all the pieces of the pattern on paper and I bring in my sewn samples and she's like okay um so we'll get this transferred over to a CAD system and then she's looking at my sample and I'd done a French seam which is a a very common seam in couturier and probably tailoring, but it's very time intensive. And she's like, so usually we'll just uh, surge this. And like, unless you really want a French seam, it's just not cost effective in manufacturing shirts. And I'm like, I'm so glad I found you because otherwise I'd be like, yeah, do it this way. So she really helped me get going. And um, I didn't so much see it from her, but I did start to notice the, um, I mean, without beating around the bush, the clothing manufacturing industry is very tiered. And there's the people on the big scheme and historically and traditionally, it's like the big money men who order the shirts and then the people who get paid nothing to make them. And if you don't make them right, you're not getting paid. 
And so there, that mentality transferred over. And so the further I got into business with Dorothy, she was better about it, but there was a lot of times she was very like scared. I was going to get mad instead of just being like, Hey, this is a situation. Like we either need more fabric or this, like just having a conversation. Mm -hmm. It was very much like the fear of, 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 uh, me coming down on her almost. Um, and then I have since uh, Dorothy is obviously she's passed, as I said, so she's not in business anymore. There still is four or five manufacturing places in Calgary. And I've used a couple of the other ones and dealing with, um, men. And that's where I saw very clear. I had one tell me that I, he didn't, I paid him a $5,000 deposit and he didn't take me seriously because I was just a little white girl. Um, so I see it in the manufacturing side and, um, and there's a lot of great people that have helped me like Dorothy has that have helped me through the manufacturing because there's the fashion business and they're just, there's designing and there's textiles and learning your fabric, but manufacturing goods is a whole different ball game. It's masculine. It's, and just your processes and what's required and the, the timelines and the, when you start doing batch works of hundreds of shirts instead of one or two, it just how you do things changes so much. And so it was a giant eye opening for me. Uh, and it still is, I'm still learning and evolving and getting things squared away. And, um, the other, the main reason I stayed in Canada, cause when I started this business, it was like, yeah, like made in Canada is great, but whatever. <laughs> but quality was my big thing because I had felt what it was like to wear quality and I wanted to pass that on to the consumer. So when you put that shirt on in the morning, you just felt good about yourself. You felt proud and you went into your day. And, uh, so quality has always been big for me. And that's been something that I've really had to, uh, dial in on with production because, um, Mass production of anything decreases quality. And so putting my checks and balances in has been important to me. And that's also where I've had some kickback because Mm -hmm. I think there's businesses who are like, okay, we're going to manufacture jeans and we have money, so we'll cut you the check. And then the manufacturer does it and delivers and like quality is here, there or not. But because I know enough about fit of clothing and how it's supposed to look when it's done, I can put a little bit of quality control into it and, and I've gotten pushback on that. Mm. Um, and how do you handle that? Um, Especially well, like if someone just looks at you like you're just a wee little <laughs> white girl. How, like that would discourage me. It's, that would kill me. Yeah. It's very emptying. Yeah. Right. And I've had it happen a few different times. So I've uh, experimented with different ways of handling it. <laughs> um, the first time was I just... Uh, no longer worked with that man in the business Mm -hmm. and I worked with the other people in the business. Um, I have gone like, I call it the Harvey Specter route where I just absolutely effing not. I love it. This is what it is. And then I remember having that conversation and then leaving and getting like a block from the manufacturer (laughs) and just crying. I'm like, it was too intense. (laughs) Um, and I've just now to the point, like, I'm sorry, I'm not working with somebody who does that. And that's what it's come to, uh, because there is, and we've talked about this on the Mm -hmm. energetic side, when you're making something, the love and care that goes into your product is Mm -hmm. huge. And if somebody doesn't really care and they make a mistake, but whatever, and they never return your call and then they're, you know, they just bag it up and ship you and there's no, no respect there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that transfers into your product. Right. And, and even if, even if it's scientifically, I mean, I know it does because I know it does. 
but even if you're not in a place where you want to believe it does, it transfers into how I feel about selling you that product. Yes. So combining those two things um, has really been, I've, I've gotten more, uh, not necessarily hands-on, but a little bit more streamlined with my manufacturing. I'm very thankful to use a Hutterite colony right now. Uh, they're awesome to work with. And one of my favorite things other than going there and chatting to them or like they'll send me salsa or like pastries or things is it's so black and white. Like, can you have these done by the state? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for being honest. And what would it take? Like, what if we try? And because then we can have those conversations. And when I first had that conversation with Rebecca and she's like, no, I can't have those done in two weeks. I was like, okay, what if you outsource and do you have other people that could sew for you and this or that? And then she's like, oh, yep, I do. We can do that. Okay, good. Onward. And it's just like so clean and black and white. And, and they're like, the quality is some of the best I've ever had. Mm. And on top of the shirt quality being very good, their attention to detail is very good. And I had some fabric cut, um, my different sizes. And one of the sizes was about an inch narrower in the bodice and right away Rebecca's like well this isn't the same because I checked it to this and I thought it was a little bit off and I noticed this this and this and it's like she cares cares yeah and I wouldn't have known that for another three weeks till a client called me and said hey this doesn't fit like it should and that's mm. happened to me before really when I, yeah on the manufacturing where I was before it was like you hope they did it you had your patterns but if they didn't like I did have that happen once where it's like these shirts don't fit like the last size I bought and and what do you do now? I'm sitting here with all this product mm-hmm. that isn't exactly what I wanted. So Rebecca is like on the ball with that stuff, which has given me peace of mind and confidence. And um, yeah, and so we've kept unloading more product to her. <laughs> but how much can you so? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really about finding like the right vibe of people who you work with. Yes. So we've talked about um, the strong aspect of a business. Um, Do you incorporate, because I know you personally, do you incorporate your spiritual side into your business and and what does that look like for you? Um, I I do. And I'll be honest, sometimes I feel like my logical brain overrides me sometimes. But the biggest thing, ever since I've started, I've always had this aspect of... um, I am in business with Pursue Victory. So it's not my business. Pursue Victory is its own entity and we work together. And that is actually how page 1912 came because I was like, well, what about ruffles? What about old West blouses? What about like a very pair of so have a conversation with your business? With my business, yeah. And um, and then they're like, well, yeah, well, let's do a sister brander because they didn't want to let go of this very sleek lululemon performance aspect um and yet they saw this whole desire for me to create this other brand so that's where we created the second brand and um and when you say they you're talking about your business yes (laughs) that's so cool that you're in like a relationship with your business where so many people get disassociated spiritually and relationship-wise from a business. So you have conversations with your business. Yeah, absolutely. And and lots of times it comes so quick. Like I'll just start taking jot notes and it'll just be like, half a page, Kate, that's what you need for the next week, month, day, whatever. Um, And I have gotten to where, like when we start a business, the whole idea of starting Pursue Victory 
was an idea that came to me. And so then I started it. And so I, as a business owner, have two choices. I can honor that energy of that idea and nourish it and work for it and create a business. Or I can then decide my idea now, take it and try to run with it. One's sustainable and one's not at the end of the day. And so acknowledging that your business has its own energy, has its own, it's its own entity. It's its own thing then we can also stop taking on so much responsibility, right? Because I, and I've done this, this is from experience that I can say like forcing things. Yeah. I've forced it or I've decided this is what I've got to do. Or I work so hard and it's just like your business didn't come to you because Mm -hmm. you work so hard. I think that's where they get the term hustle from. You're hustling because you're going against the flow. I always, my, my partner sends me quotes and he's like, um, something about hustling for the hustlers and I was like I don't hustle I flow yeah and it, it was so true that if you are in a relationship with your business you're listening and you're actively pursuing together yeah what that and, looks like and to the point that I have multiple times in the six years said pursue victory if you are done being a business I will honor that and shut down so and cool. then they're like absolutely not but would you start listening please (laughs) I'm like damn it okay so and like I was saying to you earlier um with my care labels in the shirts I kept running into like wall after wall of like where to get these care labels and then finally I was like okay where do you want your care labels to come from and they're like we don't want care labels we want the woven labels and we want this and we want that so go do and it was like within seconds and then you feel this sense of like ease in your life. You're like, okay, that's right. Like it's expansive and it feels right. So that's where we're going to go. Yeah. And so having, having it as like its own entity and you're the one that's your channel. Yeah. And you're like, my business can't go open a business account, but I'll go into the bank and yeah. do that for you. You <laughs> know, like I got the legs. Oh yeah. I'll be your feet on the ground. You can take care of the rest because there is some energetic thing. I've done this before and, I'll probably do it again this week because I have fabric on order. But a few weeks ago, I was like, pursue victory. Like, we need this fabric here to get cut in order to get to that by that. Sure enough, it was there, and we delivered everything a day earlier. Wow. And I gave that responsibility to the business because I can only do so much in this physical reality. Mm -hmm. I need the energetic business to pull some strings and get some things happening. So we can really use it to leverage ourselves. I think that where, for me, where I've fallen away from that is where I get either in like the rat race of the world or in this hustle and bustle of like, well, I've got to get more, make more money or be bigger, Mm -hmm. faster. And I'm not saying my business doesn't want to make more money, but it changes the, it goes back to the control. Like I'm going to control this outcome yeah, or or I'm not. And I'm going to let my business kind of direct me where to go. Yeah. That's super cool. Okay, so we've just bridged the, the pathway that you are a spiritual person. There is, um, if you're keen to talk about it, there is a different aspect of yourself that is um, less conventional and yes. you offer. Um, tell me about what it was like for you to discover that you first could speak to animals. <laughs> um Well, I just thought everybody could, to be honest with you, because I grew up around horses and cows and Um, when I start thinking back, like riding horses as a kid or checking cows with grandpa and just knowing like, Oh, I think we need to go across the Creek. I think there's a cow over there. And sure enough, there'd be a cow over there. And I just, 
it's like if you can breathe or see, you just think everybody can, right? Yeah. And then I started realizing, um, hey, not everyone can. (laughs) Why does this person continue to do this with their animal? And I guess, well, oh, what really sparked it was I started doing a little bit of intuitive reading and this and that. And it was always like the animals coming through and talking to me. And I ended up having a lady call me and say, like, our dog ran away. And I'm like, oh, and I just right away, like, tune into the dog. I'm like, okay, it's time for you to go back home. Oh, I don't know where home is. Okay, we'll go on the road, but stay away from the traffic. And then I'm like, okay, it's by a greenery, by this road, under a power line. And they're like, oh, my God, there's my dog. And I'm like, cool. Um, And so I did that a little bit. And then I had, uh, that was probably five years ago. And then I had an experience where, I channeled through a lot of information that was hard for me to say, and they received it well. Um, The animal ended up not choosing to leave the plane, but it was hard for me to tell them because I was, I was worried they wouldn't receive it because uh, animals have no point of view about death, right? Mm. They're like, okay, we'll play in this body. And, and we, I see this a lot with horses. It's like, well, I'm not selling this horse, but people keep offering me money, but I'm not selling it. And then it's like, this horse died of a freak accident. And it's like, the he horse was to move on. ready to move on. Yeah. And if we don't honor that, they have no qualms. They're like, hey, like, love you, but bye. I'm going to go find a body so I can do what I would like. Right. And so they're very, they're very okay with it. It's not even death. It's just uh, the next chapter, it's just a transition. transition. Whereas we are very much like life and death is the end. Right. Mm-hmm. So not everybody's open to that. And so that's kind of what halted my animal reading for a while was I was like, the world cannot hear what their animals trying to say. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I guess it was, was it like almost a year ago? I had a friend call me and she had this dog or no, I, to back it up, that same friend had another dog and it got stuck, hit in a door and was, and so I ended up seeing this puppy and I just kind of held it and did some energy work on it. And she like was fine in two days. And they're like, what, what the heck did you do? And I was like, I don't know. I just did this. I thought her body might need it or something. Well then, uh, Shelby ended up getting another dog and he ran off and her sister called me and was like, or maybe it was Shelby texted me and was like, you, can you help me? Like hoodie ran off, da, 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 da. And I'm like, Right away, I tap into the animal's energy, and I don't usually have to tap into it. The animals are, like, knocking at yeah. the door, like, hey. I feel like that in sessions with clients, yeah. all their family are like, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I see you. Yeah, I see you. Let me just say, and I just said, like, hoodie, and he his energy is very much, like, fun guy, like, just out for a cruise, but it's, like, you can't really cruise in the foothills where there's coyotes and maybe cougars and like your owner loves you and wants you back. And so I just had Shelby ground her energy and I'm like, hoodie, go to Shelby's energy. And he turned around and ran back and Shelby's like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And then she started telling friends and then it just kind of spread organically that way. Um, and I got to where I was like once a week would have two or three readings, um, of just animals coming through. And it's always, I mean, you probably noticed or experienced this too. Like it's, it's so eye-opening, channeling information, right? Yeah. And we have so many biases. Oh. And then when the channel opens, you're like, oh, this is what that feels like without yeah. all my suffering. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And what animals, they are such a gift. Like what horses 
will do for us and help us through and what they're here to show us. And, and nine times out of 10 animals, like probably 999 out of a thousand animals are here to show us how wonderful we are Mm. and like, or to like help heal us from this or show us we're excited over here. And it just like time and time again, it's mind boggling how like forgiving and loving and beautiful these animals are in our lives. Um, Do you think that they come to us to heal us or teach us and then they leave? Or do you think that they don't have that choice? Do you think that they are seeking this purpose or that it's just been given to them? I think they choose it. Yeah. Um, Yes, because I've had readings. So they choose us. Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Animals choose their owners. And I've done a lot of readings where it's like, okay, you've had this horse in like a hundred past lives, or you've had this dog keeps coming back to you and, um, and they're going to help you get through things or, or, um, some issue, not issues, but experiences in past lives that are unresolved, but the person unresolved for the human in the past life and the animal from that past life will recreate in this life to help heal that trauma from the past life. Wow. So yeah, it's magical. And also there's sometimes like I had this one lady call and she's like, Oh, I'm calling about my horse, whatever. And this horse just literally loved the lady so much that it would just come back into her life and was just like, let's just play. Like, let's just be together and would just, and then the horse ended up leaving her life in the last year. And she's like, but you know, like, I feel like he's maybe around. I'm like, he's standing in your kitchen right now. Like he's over your shoulder 24 seven. And it was just like, this horse just loved her so much that that was, he was just happy as can be. And, and so we said to him, like, if you would like to be in her life, like go find a body and find her again. And it was like, no, because then I can't come in the house. Like he just wanted Isn't to be that with her. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I get a body and be Could stuck he come in the back barn? As a cat? <laughs> I don't think they can they, intercross yeah. Yeah, species. Okay, that's interesting. That's, but I that's only in the readings I've done. Yeah. Um horses come back as horses, cats as cats. A house cat could wow. be a panther, but all within yeah. kind of the same genealogy and I'm not going off of any sort of thing other oh, than gosh, my no. own experience. This is, I this always is what, say on my stuff, I was like, this is science according to my own research, yeah, yeah. not according to anything that I've ever studied, but uh, outside of people. Um, I'm really good at studying people patternings, but mm-hmm. I find animals so different. Like I don't, I connect to my own dog, but I, I have to be in physical presence with an animal in order to be able to understand its energy where you're like, you can just tap in. Yeah. I was curious. So if an animal is abused, what does that story look like when, like, have you had a, an encounter Mm -hmm. with an abused animal? Um, how do they process that? What does that look like for them? Well, most of the time, it's the projection onto them that sticks them. Oh, okay. Um, so I I did a reading on a dog that his owner had passed away, and the wife wasn't really a fan of him because he'd eat the chickens. Um, <laughs> and, anyway, and so he went to the pound, and then this girl got him. And animals, how do I even put this into words? Yes, they feel pain. Absolutely. Animals mm. feel pain. They don't feel emotional sadness unless it's projected or they really or they're they're your animal and you're feeling sad and they're like 
they lived the story oh, page. For you. Yes, I'm here. Like I'm here for you. I love you. And then they'll feel your sadness that way, or they will take on your sadness. If humans don't interact with animals, they do not feel sadness. Huh. Yeah. I had another reading on a horse that was abused, and a lady got him. And um, the ho- horses are very uh, quick to leave their body. Mm-hmm. There, I, I was telling you this in the Tao of Equus. Um, a book I can't remember who wrote it but they are in in, even in Greek mythology they're the ones that transverse from heaven to earth and back again like they're very quick to they're transcendent yes yeah and that's exactly what this horse said because I wasn't like so physically leave his body but stay alive or okay so he just like exit while the, to his the trainer was or person was beating on him and then he'd come back into the body um, and then where the pain was he would numb wow so he didn't really feel the pain he was aware it was happening but he was choosing to exit because at in this case of this horse he knew his greatest contribution to this earth was to continue to be here and then he ended up it's actually like the most heartwarming story that he is in the care of somebody who was also abused as a child and they're healing together. Yes. And this horse basically said, I could have chosen. He had to go through that in order to be able to heal. And he was going to do that for her so he could help her move on. Like this is what animals will do for us. I'm not crying. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And and, and that horse did say clearly, like, yes, he, he could have chosen to leave his body, but he knew that this girl needed him, and so he was waiting for her. And ironically, the situation, somebody called her and was like, you need to come get this horse, and she came and looked. She's like, no, that horse like needs to be put down, and left, and then they called her back, and she came back. She's like, fine, I'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yes. Um, it's... It, animals are just so amazing. I see it time and time again, and, and I've done uh, some readings where... You know, like we, I don't know, this is where I go to is like, am I doing enough for my horse? Am I, am I, Mm. you know, for advancing enough so that my horse is okay with where I'm at? Or am I learning what my horse is here to teach me? But, um, I've done readings where like the people are very, um, not choosing to be aware of what their horse is there to contribute. And the horse is just like, cool, I'll wait. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm good with it. And it's like, so patient, so patient, so kind just here to give this for so that in that aspect you know as humans some of us go through our whole lives not ever understanding our purpose or knowing what our purpose is but we have so much angst and anxiety around it we could take a lesson from that horse Mm -hmm. to just be patient it's coming your purpose is coming one day it'll just arrive yeah and if you have animals they will tell you what it is yeah time and time again that's what a, some of my calls are very much like, oh, my, you know, my dog keeps throwing up or my horse had this happen or this happen. But a lot of them is like, is my horse happy? It's like, yeah, your horse is happy. Also, he's trying to tell you, like, here's your business plan. Here's what your blog no is. No like, way. Here's your low. Yeah, I've had some of the what? craziest downloads of animals that are like, you need to, this is your purpose. Like, thank you for getting that step one. But you have all of this ahead of you. And they're here to like help How facilitate the support. How do they know support. this stuff? The, it's almost like it's almost like talking to the business, right? Like it's its own entity, and the horses can just—it's like they can see it all. 
because they aren't attached to the things yeah. that we are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't know this part. This is like my jaw is yeah. on the floor. I, Do I talk had, to my dog? <laughs> <laughs> I did one reading um, for a friend of mine. And she was like, well, I, you know, I like my, bu-, and she's an entrepreneur. I like my business, but I feel like there's something more and maybe I should do this. And her horse ca- and her horse has since passed, but he's just like knocking on my door and I'm like, okay, like when I'll call you at one o'clock on Tuesday, like stand back. Wow. <laughs> and he's just like, this is the start. She's going to do it. She's a serial entre- entrepreneur. Here's her purpose. Here's this. She needs to look into this, investigate this. She needs three businesses. She's going to, it was just like, here's the direction. Here she is. Um, and then I'm like, well, are you going to join her again? Like, you're very invested. <laughs> and he's like, no, not for two more years. Then she'll be set up to where I can come back into a uh, horse body. And a, lux, a lux life. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, stand back. Let her get through this. But yeah. Wow. And it was just like, this is her purpose. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We have to close. But yeah. <laughs> you're probably going to get a lot of calls from people being like, can you talk to my animals and tell me my business plan? That is so awesome. Thank you so much, Paige. I learned a lot about you that I didn't even know and about animals that I didn't know. Um, Is there anything left that you want to leave, a last thought, um, a piece of advice that you go back to or or, uh, something that a mantra that you use to live your life? You're so inspiring. There's got to be something. Um, (laughs) Hot seat. I think the the best thing that I could share for advice that I was given and that I do live by is like follow your intuition mm-hmm. and and build that muscle because the stronger that muscle is and the more you're willing to follow it the more the like magic in life unfolds and uh and we know we know our intuition yeah. so we just need to start building it the intuition I, I'll add to that too the biggest piece of follow your intuition is you have to set your boundaries so you have to say no when it's a no and yes. not keep saying yes when it's a no yeah. that's the biggest thing I see in people is that they know that this is a wrong path but they're too um connected to the outcome for the other person connect to your Mm -hmm. own outcome what is serving you in this moment because what's serving you is serving your greater good yeah just like the horse with the business yeah (laughs) all right thank you so much Paige for joining us on this episode of the spiritual boss um thank you to our listeners we so appreciate appreciate you listening please click the subscribe button and if you enjoyed this podcast Leave us a positive review, always be kind, so that the more people can find us. We welcome emails, input, and comments, and you can email us at spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at the Spiritual Boss Podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful day and got what you needed out of this episode, and we'll talk again soon.